Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, uh, welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Brad Hirschfield, and today we are learning Daf Lamed Dalad, 34, of Masechet Shabbat. The very top of this daf finishes out the stories of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, which we examined yesterday, um, and then offers a new Mishnah, which begins with the words, Shlosha Dvarim Tzarich Adam Lomar Betoch Beito, Erev Shabbat Imcha Shecha. There are three things which a person must say within their home on Erev Shabbat, on Friday afternoon, im chashecha, that is, as it is getting dark, but is not yet dark. We'll return to the Mishnah and, and why it makes the distinctions that it does, and maybe more importantly, what those distinctions suggest about one of the larger goals of Shabbat. We'll return to that in a bit, but first, by way of summarizing the rest of the daf that we won't be looking at in detail, it deals largely with defining the term Bein Hashmashot, literally between the suns, referring to that period of twilight when it is not entirely clear if the previous day has ended or if dark has truly fallen and the new day has begun. Why Ben Hashmashot has the rules that it has and, and how they have been determined. But let us return to our Mishnah and see what it has to say and then a specific section of the Gemara which follows it. These are the three things which one must stay in their home on Friday afternoon as it is getting dark. Isartem, tithe, or have you tithed, more accurately. Eravtem, have you made an Eruv? And again, which Eruv and what that refers to, whether it is an Eruv Chatzerot, that is the Eruv which allows people who share a common courtyard to carry from one home to the other, making use of the common courtyard, or if it is an Eruv Tchumin, that is the system by which one places food 2,000 amot, uh, or cubits, the essentially 3,600 feet, from their place of residence, or really from the last place of residence in their community, to extend the Tchum Shabbat, to extend the range that they can use on Shabbat. Whether it refers to one of those or both of those is unclear from this Mishnah. The third thing, Hadliku et Haner, not a question, but a command uh, that one light the Sabbath lamp. Safek chashecha, safek eno chashecha, ein vadai, if there is a question about whether or not it has become dark, whether night has fallen, and therefore Shabbat has become, or not, that is to say we are in the period of Ben Hashmashot, then 
We do not tithe vadai, that is, we do not tithe those things that are certainly untithed and therefore not permissible for eating. And we do not ritually immerse utensils, and therefore they are certainly in the domain of unusable. And we don't light lamps. Aval, but ma'asrin et hadmai, uma'arvin vetomnin et hachamin. But in this period of Ben Hashmashot, we do tithe, or may tithe, demai, that is, the material which the rabbis said could not be determined whether it was tithed or not tithed. Uh, this is because of the presumption on the part of the rabbis that the so-called amehaaretz, or people of the land, not really ignoramuses, uh, but really those people who seem not to live according to rabbinic halacha, whether they had tithed things carefully or not, so typically the rabbis assumed they were taking trumot, they were taking the smallest percentage for the priests, but not the other tithes. Um, that, because it's a doubt, you can do during this doubtful period, umar v'in, and you can make an eruv. We'll have to come back and say why before did it say no, and here it says yes. Vetomnin et hachamin. And you can insulate food that is already heated. The best way to think about what hatmana is would be like to wrap an already hot pot in some kind of insulating blanket. So now, obviously, this Mishnah leads to a couple of questions. About five lines from the end of the Mishnah, we see... Ha gufa kashia, but wait, here there is an inherent contradiction between the two clauses of the Mishnah. Amart, you originally said in the Mishnah, Shloshad varim sarich adam lomar betoch beito erev Shabbat in chashecha, that there were three things one must say in their home on erev Shabbat as it is getting dark, implying that im chashecha. In safek chashecha, eno chashecha, lo. That if it's with the darkening, that is, before there is this suffix, this doubt period called ben hashmashot, yes, say these things and do these things. But if there is a doubt about whether or not we have entered the next day, we are in twilight, then no, do not do those things. And included in that list was the making of an eruv. Vehadar tane, but then it comes back and says, Safek chashecha, safek eno chashecha. If there is a doubt, that is, we're in the period of Enosh Mashot, Ma'arev, you should make an Eruv. So, which is it? Do we make the Eruv when we're in doubt? Do we make the Eruv when we're not in doubt? Do we do both? So, the Gemara is going to answer this, and it gives a quick mnemonic of a series of teachings related to, to this by Rabbi Abba, the name of Chiyah Bar Ashi. Um, and then says, Amar Rabbi Abba, Amar Rav Chia Bar Ashi. Right? Rabbi Abba said the name of Chia Bar Ashi. Amar Rav. Then Rav said, Lo Kashia. There is no contradiction between the two phrases of our Mishnah. Kan be'eruvei tchumin. Here, in the first part of that of our Mishnah, it's talking about eruvei tchumin, that only if there is no doubt may one make it. Kan be'eruvei chatserot. In the second half of our Mishnah, where there is doubt, we are during Ben Hashmashot, we can make an Eruv Chatserot, but we would not make the Eruv Tchumin, which is limited only to the specific time that we know about. So what's going on? Because 
How does that work and where did that distinction come from? Is it simply an attempt to harmonize or is it something more? And I think the answer is yes, it's both. The first is it is an attempt to harmonize, to work out how these two clauses of the Mishnah fit together and actually works pretty well because there is a distinction to be made between those issues which are directly related you know, to in the Torah or through a drasha and other places in the Gemara and those that are not. And in fact, the making of uh, of the Eruv for an Eruv Tchumin is seen as more directly related to Torah law by the rabbis. It's mentioned in Masechet Eruvin, Dafnun Aleph, page 51. That is not the case for the Eruv wrote. So one could make the distinction that what they're dealing with here is when it's closer to a Torah law, we're stricter. When it's less close to a Torah law, we are more lenient. I think that's part of the answer, but there's something else going on here having to do with making things permissible in advance of Shabbat. That there is greater, in each of the cases where we do them only before Ben Hashemashot, they are things that are clearly not in the zone of the permissible, and through our action, whether tithing or immersing or lighting, we render those things, whether it is the kli, the utensil, the food that is tithed, the place that we go through the eruv, or the light of the candle, the impermissible becomes permissible, ready for our use. In the case of the others, where there is less clarity about their previous impermissibility, we allow them to be made explicitly permissible even during the Safek time. Why? And this is, I think, the larger point that is very much on the rabbis' minds throughout all of the rules of Shabbat, which is that Shabbat, I think, for the rabbis is essentially a time when everything is ready already. That is to say, it is a time when one can imagine for 25 hours, everything is already as it needs to be. And that, in fact, that will be a, a kind of standard throughout Shabbat. And one of the ways when we talk about Shabbat is me'en olam haba, is a taste of the world to come. I don't know that it means that the world to come or Shabbat will be perfect. But they will be at least a moment, whether in time or eternity, when we feel that we have what we need as we need it already. The more things are not like that, the more scrupulous the rabbis are about not allowing you to make them like that, that is permissible, when there's a doubt. If they're already almost in the zone of the permissible, then they will be more flexible about rendering them explicitly so. Why? Because the closer things are to being ready already for our use and consumption, the more they are appropriate for Shabbat. The more, they, the less they are like that, the less they are in the realm of Shabbat. And therefore, moving them into that realm is something that we stay away from earlier. More on this and other subjects related to our next daf, Lamed Hay, tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.